This week, millions of students across Canada will be going back to school, and education and our education system will be top of mind to millions of parents and educators. Now, there's no doubt the pandemic has had a profound impact on children. It has put many of their parents out of work, surrounded their homes in grief and anxiety, and kept many of them out of schools that teach and care for them. It has been a very lonely time for Canadian children. With two weeks left to go in the federal election campaign, I wonder, why haven't we heard more about education on the campaign trail? Welcome back to In Focus with David Coletto. I'm David Coletto. On this episode of In Focus, I'm joined by Sam Hammond, the president of the Canadian Teachers Federation. Sam just started his two-year term as CTF president in July 2021. Prior, Sam was president of the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario. He has taught all grades from junior kindergarten to grade eight and was an instructor in the Labour Studies program at McMaster University. The Canadian Teachers Federation represents over 300,000 elementary and secondary school teachers across Canada. Sam and I spoke about the role of public education in federal politics, some polling advocates did for the CTF, and what he's hoping to hear from federal parties and candidates in the final weeks of the campaign. I hope you enjoy my chat with Sam Hammond. Well, Sam, thank you so much for uh, joining the podcast. Congrats on your election to uh, uh, president of, of the Canadian Teachers Federation a few months ago. And I, I, as we said, just as we came on here, you're, you're, you're physically on the job uh, two weeks in. So thrown right into the gauntlet of a national federal election. So welcome. Thank you for joining. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for the invite. And I look forward to the conversation. So before we get into the campaign and then the election, I think it, it's, it's prudent of, of us to start um, by better understanding as, as kids start to go back to school almost universally now across the country today, um, the impact the pandemic has had on public education in Canada. Um, can you give me a sense of what the past 17 months have been like for students, for teachers, for, for the whole system? Yeah, so, you know, if you go back uh, 17, 18 months, as you've suggested, middle of March uh, 2020, uh, within 48 hours, uh, our world changed, uh, quite frankly, in terms of uh, how we interact and and limitations that were put on our socialization, where we could go, uh, what we could do, et cetera. Uh, And that was uh, absolutely uh, evident in education as schools were shut down uh, overnight uh, across uh, across this country. Uh, and it has been a challenging, uh, chaotic year uh, for teachers, for educators, for principals, for families, uh, and for students, uh, absolutely over the course of that 18 months. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that, that, that has happened that has been made clear are all of the, the gaps uh, in publicly funded education, funding for resources for where there were band-aid solutions put onto those 
and this pandemic has torn those band-aids off or exposed uh, those gaps uh, across the country. Um, educators have struggled, uh, whether they have been in a classroom and then out of a classroom, I think in Ontario, three or four times uh, in and out, schools open uh, and close, uh, as well as students. Uh, and there is no doubt uh, that this pandemic has certainly, uh, uh, you know, torn away at the resilience uh, of, of educators, of students and families uh, in this country. As, as students go back, what's the outlook today? You know, is there, is there optimism that, that uh, in-person is going to be permanent forward or is there a sense that, you know, this fourth wave might, might push us back into some of that back and forth mess that, that students and, and educators experienced before, as you said? All of us, uh, you know, educators across this country uh, want to be in classrooms with students. That's where the best uh, learning takes place. That's the best environment, that one-on-one, -on -one, up close, interacting uh, with students on a regular basis. And across this country, as professionals, um, teachers and educa education staff are ready to do that. Um, but I would suggest to you that there's probably as much, if not more, concern this year going back to school as opposed to a year ago. Uh, for example, if you look at the, the counts uh, across the country, uh, uh, this time 2020, heading into Labor Day weekend, you know, you know, the numbers were 50, 80, 120, uh, whatever across the country, and certainly in some territories, uh, no, no cases. But you look at what's happening now at BC, there's over 600 cases, Alberta, Yesterday, uh, I think 1,200 cases, Ontario, 850 cases uh, with this new Delta variant. Uh, and you combine that with uh, what so many are, are, are suggesting across the country, the lack of real detailed, comprehensive, integrated safety protocols. Um, it's concerning, extremely concerning. And I've said on a couple of occasions that without um, the funding, the much-needed funding, the much-needed resources, and the, the detailed uh, safety protocols, um, I think we may see very soon into the school year um, higher case counts, particularly with children and those under 12, uh, and that is concerning. And I, for the life of me, can't understand why uh, provincial territorial governments aren't saying Whatever it costs, whatever it costs, whatever time it takes, we need, to, we need to invest and ensure the safety of absolutely everyone. And if you need to peel back layers uh, as we go on, uh, then so be it. And it's, it's you know, this is a, a politics and public opinion podcast. We're in the middle of a federal election. I can't recall any of the federal party leaders or the parties talking about education. Um, I know it's, and we'll talk about this, I know it's not a federal responsibility, but there's they're talking a lot about healthcare, and that's not federal responsibility. So today on, on Tuesday, you know, the CTF, the Canadian Teachers Federation is launching a national campaign to raise awareness about education. 
and it's calling on policymakers, federal parties, uh, educators, parents, everyone who cares about education, public education in the country to start a national conversation about it. Can you tell me more about this campaign and, and why uh, the Federation is launching this campaign? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're launching this federal uh, campaign uh, because we want to have a national conversation about publicly funded public education uh, in this country that we know from the data polling uh, that we've gotten uh, is, is high uh, in terms of priorities for people across uh, this country. Um, just as you said, the federal government and federal leaders of each of the parties talk about national pharmacare. They talk about national childcare, uh, national healthcare. It is time for them to start talking about taking seriously and investing in national uh, funding and priorities uh, for education across uh, this country. Yes, it's a provincial and territorial uh, um, uh, priority, uh, but the federal government, for example, if you look at this pandemic uh, and had the federal government come out uh, and put in uh, masking policies uh, across, uh, across the country, uh, if they had done some of the things now or would do now or talk about in this election, some of the things that the Canadian Medical Association is talking about, smaller class sizes, uh, mandatory vaccinations, vaccination passports on a federal uh, level, uh, I think we'd be in a much better place. And we, we want publicly funded public education uh, in this country to be accessible uh, to all uh, in, in a very equitable uh, way in every corner of the country from coast to coast to coast. So let's let's let me dig there on 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 the problem a little bit, right? Um, like, why do we need a national conversation? I think you alluded to it that that, and and I'm not I wouldn't be surprised that access to high quality public education is not the same in all parts of the country, right? I think again, make, using the 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 parallel with healthcare, like the 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 Canada Health Act's main purpose was to raise guidelines, standards, conditions so that, which is still not perfectly delivered on, that, that a Canadian living in any part of this country has access, has a basic level of access to, to public health care. But we don't have the equivalent um, in Canada. So, so maybe you could maybe speak to some of like, like what is the, the range of experience that, you know, a student um, and family living in one part of the country might, might, might experience it's different than somebody in another part. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you've, you've touched on a few uh, important things and, you know, when, when we look at our poll that uh, abacus data poll that we got uh, and 95% of Canadians believe it's important that all children and youth have equal access to high quality, publicly funded public education, national guidelines, can only help that. Mm. A national conversation about the issues uh, can only help that, highlight those issues uh, and allow us to deal with them in, in provinces and territories uh, across this country. You know, we've called, for example, for a national table, a national task force on publicly funded public education in this country 
long overdue uh, to get experts uh, at that table from all of the different provinces and territories, all levels of, of, uh, of education, uh, along with politicians and policymakers and healthcare professionals uh, to be able to look at education on uh, a national level. You know, you look, I just talked this, mor- this morning uh, with a reporter in Nunavut, uh, and, you know, she was talking about the online learning realities there or this terrible hybrid model of teaching in class and um, uh, video conferencing with students doesn't exist there. And the reason it doesn't and in many parts of Ontario in the north and other provinces, Alberta, BC, uh, is the lack of Wi-Fi. Uh, the lack of connectivity uh, in in each of those areas. When you look at uh, the socioeconomic gaps uh, and concerns across this country, when you look at First Nation, Métis, and Inuit uh, education uh, in terms of of what's lacking there and how each of those areas could benefit from a national conversation, national policy, um, we think it would be prudent for government and policymakers, and not just the government, but all of those parties, the parties right now and their leaders, mm-hmm. uh, it should be a priority uh, f- uh, for, for each of them. And, and yet you, you, you don't hear very much at all, if anything. Um, maybe, maybe candidates <clears throat> at the door will start hearing well, more now that you know, parents and grandparents are hearing stories and, they, and thinking again about their kids you know, and grandkids being back in school. Yeah, and a, a very high percentage of Canadians, um, you know, well over 80% uh, agree that, uh, that education, publicly funded education, is the cornerstone uh, of this, co- this country, of our democracy and our way of life and society. So, you know, similar to healthcare, we should be. Everyone in this country, and most importantly, the leadership, uh, in 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 the federal government in each of the provinces and territory should be making education uh, a priority. Uh, it's just always baffled me why that does not doesn't happen. It it also seems to me that you know I've read studies and uh, other other analysis of the impact the pandemic has had as on has had on children, right? Both because they have been in and out of school and their support networks have been reduced and their ability to to just socialize with friends and family has that, that it, that I, I don't know if they've used, they use this term, but this is what comes to mind is we almost need a Marshall plan to get, to help kids get caught back up. Like they've lost, you know, two years of their lives, key parts of, of their, of their sort of socialization and upbringing. It, it does seem to me that now more than ever, it, it, you know, Canadians and our, I, you're right. The polling we did shows that it would not be politically risky um, to have our national leaders talk about what they think they can do to coordinate and lead to rebuild, you know, the, the education system. And not to say it's, 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 it's in a sad state everywhere, but that I think people across the country recognize the, the, the challenge that, as you said, educators, students, parents have faced the past year and a half, that it would be like a no, almost a no-brainer, right? That, that, that we should be doing more as a country, not just as a province, but as a country to, to put this, uh, to make this right again. 
No, no, absolutely. I'm not sure if I agree with a Marshall plan, but I, I absolutely understand where you're coming from and agree on, on, on the intent. But yes, it should be a priority. Let me give you just two examples uh, of why. If we really as a nation care about publicly funded public education, uh, the, I talked about the gaps earlier that were exposed by the pandemic. Uh, and a big part of those gaps were the lack of resources, the lack of funding, let's say. And what's happened in many provinces is it has become, become an opportune time for provincial governments, some, uh, to uh, use the opportunity to try to privatize parts of uh, publicly funded education. We look at what's happening in Ontario, uh, for example, with a push for uh, online synchronous learning and trying to set all of that up uh, through and take it out of the education framework uh, is absolutely uh, concerning. That should be a concern for every politician, uh, every parent and educator. It is, I know, in this country. And the other issue that you touched on is mental health issues. You know, for good quality, uh, uh, high standard uh, education and teaching to happen, there's two parts to that, right? And, and that is the well-being of the educators, teachers, as well as those students. Uh, and that there have not been, uh, you know, from what we've heard, what I've seen, um, the supports and the resources there for both uh, educators and uh, students. Uh, and that needs to happen because if you want to have quality education, we have one of the best education systems in the world. Don't get me wrong across the board. But if you want to maintain that and you want to continue to improve and you want the absolute best experience for both those educators uh, and, and students, you need to invest in yeah. uh, healthcare supports and you need to stay away from and move away from and say no to and stop the privatization of publicly funded public education. I, I want to come back to privatization in a moment, but, but um, you know, the, the link between the quality of our public education system and our long-term economic competitiveness is absolutely clear in people's minds. Our polling showed that, right? Almost, almost all, you can't almost get close to a consensus that says absolutely. we cannot be competitive as a country in the future if we don't have a strong public education system. So, so again, the public sees the link and it's not partisan. Uh, it, you know, there's no differences regionally. There's, there's as close a consensus as you can get. But I guess one of the things that I've been thinking about, so I'm, I'm almost 40, and when I was going uh, in high school and then going into to, to post-secondary, a lot of my friends or peers around me, you heard a lot of them saying, I want to be a teacher, right? Um, and there was a point even in my early career where you heard of, um, you know, too many, too many uh, students coming out with, a, with, a, with an education degree and, and not enough positions. But more and more in the last few years, I've heard the opposite, right? That there is a teacher shortage, that, you know, school boards are having a hard time finding teachers. Can you speak to me about that as a, as a real problem for, for public education that the pandemic has, I, I assume, only made worse in the same way that we've seen nurses saying, I'm done, this has been too stressful. 
I know I, I, I do some work with a public sector uh, uh, teachers union in Ontario, and they're, ha they're seeing the same thing, that the level of anxiety and stress is just causing many to say, I can't, I can't deal with it. Is, the, is, is there an impending teacher shortage? And, and like, what's, what are some of the solutions? And is there a role for a federal conversation in that? Um, yes, yes, and yes. Um, you know, it, uh, probably last year, you know, say leading into June 2020, I would say that there were areas in the country where retirement rates um, spiked uh, a bit, went up. And I, I would suggest that that's in part due to all of those challenges, the chaos and the stresses and the lack of resources um, that were exposed uh, because of the pandemic and the demands uh, put on teachers. You know, if you, again, if I use Ontario, for example, I'm sure it happened elsewhere. Um, you know, teachers were in classrooms one day uh, and the next or two days later, they're online teaching without any support, without any resources. Absolutely. I fully understand. You know, this is one of the, the, the greatest professions uh, in the world uh, in terms of um, uh, teaching uh, creating, um, you know, um, inquisitive, creative minds uh, and, and helping to build a very positive, dynamic uh, democracy and society in the future uh, in terms of the role that, that teachers and, and educators play. But I can certainly understand uh, why students who are in faculties of education across this country or, think, sorry, thinking about entering may take a second, a second look mm -hmm. and say, you know, given everything that's happening, given the lack of supports, given what I'm watching uh, educators going through, why, why would I want to? Why would I want to uh, be a part of that? Um, when I can, you know, go off and in the first five years of my career, uh, do something else, maybe makes more money and that's all of the, you know, get the economic benefits from that. You don't hear that from teachers. You hear teachers who are in the profession concerned about the challenges, the demands, the long hours. But for the most part, the overwhelming majority of it, once they're in it, absolutely love it and see the benefits to it. And it's sad. Quite frankly, it's sad uh, to know that what's happening now is, in fact, having an effect uh, on, on uh, students uh, and, and young adults uh, who are looking at this or were looking at this as a profession. And we need to do something about that, not just on a provincial territorial basis, but a federal basis. Yeah, like, you know, you know, you know I'm just going to say, uh, you know, recently uh, the, the current federal government said, you know, um, <clears throat> looking at uh, uh, looking at debt and one of, you know, one of the parties is going to eliminate that debt. I think the NDP and those sorts of things. We should be going, going that's good, all great stuff. Uh, the current government made investments in mental health issues, I think $100 million for frontline workers. We hope yeah. teachers are a part of that, but there's so much, so much more to do that could be done uh, on a federal level. Well, you raise a good point. Even I think the Liberal Party in, in its platform, or, or prior to its release of its platform, you know, promised to help close the, the, the shortage in, in nurses, right? Um, federal 
government getting involved in provincial jurisdiction, right? Here's more evidence that it, that it, it does happen. So, you know, bringing this back then to the election, why do you think, um, you know, we haven't heard, I know you're trying to, to, to spark that conversation, which is what this campaign's about, but why, why aren't federal parties talking about this right now? And, and if they did start, what are you hoping to hear from, from the leaders over the next two weeks as this campaign, you know, gets closer to the end here? I, I, th- I, think, I think in part uh, why we're not hearing from them at, um, like we would, we would like to, sorry, um, is because it's not a federal uh, issue. Uh, it's a delicate balance in terms of, um, in, you know, working with provinces and territories across the country. I think that's the first part. But, you know, as you've suggested and I've commented on, it should be it should be a priority, and we need to figure out that balance, and we need to figure out uh, how we can move move beyond that. So, you know, some of the things that were we wish that they were talking about now, and we are absolutely, you know, uh, uh, over the next couple of weeks going to be pushing for is a national conversation on publicly funded public education. Um, we want to see more. Uh, funding for mental health issues that are directed uh, to the teaching profession and to students um, in, in, in terms of uh, in terms of on an ongoing uh, basis. We want to see a commitment to the strengthening of publicly funded education. We would love to hear the leaders of each party uh, party. Uh, maybe a bit too late for their platforms, but to hear them actually make a commitment to public education and speak against uh, and point out um, uh, all of the drawbacks and the negative side of the privatization and or commercialization of public education in this country. We want to see a strong commitment uh, to truth and reconciliation in this country, uh, and they can set a federal standard in terms of curriculum uh, and, and talking about uh, authentic histories uh, and the truths uh, of uh, our Indigenous peoples uh, in this country and working with provinces uh, to make sure uh, that, that, ha- that that happens. So <clears throat> we also would hope at this time, given the pandemic and the start of the school year, that there be more focus on uh, the safety of uh, educators uh, and students across this country uh, and, and talking about um, the, 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 the lack of safety protocols given what's happening across the country uh, in a number of provinces and territories. And I think, you know, again, I've done lots of polling on, on these kinds of questions, not just for, you know, uh, the Federation, but, but other clients and just on my own. And, and everyone always comes back to me and says, well, you know, if this, is, this is provincial jurisdiction and, and the federal leaders are not going to touch it because Quebec, because Quebec uh, will not accept. And, and perhaps the, the political leaders in Quebec are, are extra sensitive to the federal government getting involved. When you ask Quebecers, on issues around healthcare, on education, on childcare, they are open to the federal government helping their province improve their systems. 
right? It, it, at the end of the day, I really believe that people don't care how the problem gets solved as long as the problem gets solved. And for whatever reason, um, and I think we're starting to see the change in that because the conversation in healthcare, at least in this first part of the campaign, shows that the leaders are willing to talk about this if the public um, cares, if they believe the public cares. Our polling shows education, especially now that people are, that's going to be in focus over the next two weeks, uh, they care about it. And, uh, and so we'll see. I, I think it's a, a great, you know, you're the only, the Federation's the only one, I think, raising this flag and saying, now's the time we talk about this. And uh, I, I really wish you, you the best of luck because I'm going to put my, my, a little bit of bias into my, 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 my view here. But I, I, for one, also believe that like public education and a good public education is, is critical. And, um, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm an education voter, even though I don't have kids. I know, you know, I want my nephews and my nieces to have that for, for them themselves. So, Sam, um, it's been a real pleasure to, to meet you and, and, and talk with you on, about this and work with your team on the polling. And, um, you know, maybe we will uh, we'll connect again and, and hopefully a, a few months from now that conversation has started and we'll see uh, how whatever government we get at the end of this election uh, puts, puts education on its agenda. So thanks so much. No, David, uh, thank you uh, for the time to actually have a conversation, if you will, about publicly funded public education in this province. And I just, if I may, I just want to comment on, you know, you talk about Quebec, and I absolutely agree with you uh, in terms of uh, uh, Quebecers are as concerned about education, the quality of education uh, in their province uh, as as. Uh, Others are, for example, in British Columbia uh, or in the Northwest Territories, absolutely. And the numbers support that. And it's time for us to push and policymakers and get the attention of people uh, and, and to do what we can to ensure uh, that we have a, a strong, equitable, inclusive education system in this country uh, for decades to come. Well, thanks so much. And uh... Have a, have a good uh, rest of the campaign. Yeah, thanks so much.